0: Not this one. Everybody and welcome to the Deadhead Cannabis Show. Jim Marty calling in from snowy, eight inches of new snow overnight, and today, uh, Longmont, Colorado. I've got uh, Larry Mishkin on the line with me. Hello, Larry.
1: Jim, always nice to talk to you. Uh- Hard to hear about the eight inches, or maybe not. It might be very pretty and relaxing uh, with all of this other crazy stuff going on. Here in Chicago, it's just chilly. We're not really getting any snow. We're not getting any sun. It's just kind of overcast and windy and cold. So, uh, sheltering at home doesn't seem like such a bad thing to be doing right now. But otherwise, all is good as we continue the countdown to the filing deadline for Illinois adult use applications for craft grow cultivation and for uh, processing and for transportation. Uh, it's always fun. I'm sure you've gone through these this stage of the last two weeks a number of times yourself, Jim, working with clients where all of a sudden people come up with a brand new idea that they want to throw against the wall and see what you think. And oh boy, are you sure you want to go down this road? And the next thing you know, it's it can get crazy, but it's fun.
0: Yes. <clears throat> well, um, we are very fortunate today to have a guest on the Deadhead Cannabis Show. We have Carson Humiston. Who is the daughter of our producer Dan Humiston. Uh <clears throat> welcome Carson.
2: great to be here thanks yeah i I was saying to uh, my dad like you've been at this podcast for a while and I haven't gotten the invitation yet so I appreciate uh, you guys thinking of me since he hasn't
1: great great well Carson, let me just say that uh, it, it's a pleasure to have you on and yeah we we had a you know give your dad a little bit of a hard time about it but uh just so that there's no mistake. Uh, To you or anyone listening, you are a guest on our show because because of what you've accomplished uh, and as much of a big fan of your father's as I am and all the things that he's also accomplished in this space. um, I think that the most interesting part of your story is really the story itself and how you went from uh, a college graduate to literally within a year or two being the owner of the the nationally recognized, it's not internationally by this point, but number one cannabis placement company around. Do you ever stop to just try and catch your breath and just think about everything that's gone on between then and now?
2: No, because there's just so much. Uh, I'm I mostly I'm just saying, like, you know, we're in, we're in, we've done placements in 25 states, and uh, how how can we get into more states faster? So I'm mostly thinking about all the work that still needs to be done, but it has been like a totally Whirlwind for four years. The name of my business is Vangst, which means catch in Dutch. And we're the cannabis industry's hiring marketplace. So we help cannabis businesses get connected with their employees. And uh, we do so in two ways we help them get connected with their full time employees, and we help them get connected with their temporary employees, which we call Vangst gigs, where candidates make profiles. They're screened and vetted by us, and then they can actually apply to companies' gigs and clock out and clock in and clock out directly through the platform. So that's the name of the business and a little bit about what we do.
0: And um, other than connecting employers and employees, do you um, offer other human resource services?
2: We don't. And so we, you know, we are what our swim lane is is matching, and so we focus on bringing on the best cannabis companies onto our platform and the best candidates and making sure that those connections happen. And, you know, I, I think the kiss of death for a lot of startups is focusing on way too many things. And so there, there's certainly, um, HR experts out there, whether that be payroll or HR consulting services. And we have a lot of partners who we refer our clients to, but we focus on uh, one thing and, and I think we do the best.
0: Excellent.
1: Well, Carson, let me just step in for a minute and say it because uh, as, as somebody who's known you for a little while, none of this really comes as surprise to me. Uh, you know, when I first met you a few years ago, when you were just finishing up in school, uh, it was at your dad's uh, first uh, International Cannabis Associates Association uh, conference in Las Vegas uh, with his partner Don Hirsch. And uh, as I recall, it was. Uh, it was about as Wild West as you could get in terms of uh, trying to run a show. And I think uh, between you and um, uh, I know Don's wife, Christy, was there and everybody was scrambling all over the place. And somehow the whole thing got pulled off. And, uh, and Jim was a speaker there that weekend as well. And it was really kind of exciting because uh, your your dad and Don Hirsch and I had just been to Seattle go to the second ever, um, MJ biz conference with about 700 people in the racetrack, which is where I first met Jim and saw him do a presentation for the first time. And then here was your dad, uh, you know, bringing together, uh, a cannabis conference, which would go on to really become a, a big name in the industry too. But I always thought that, you know, a big part of the untold story again, was the work that you did behind the scenes and that, you know, Don's wife, Christy did behind the scenes. And I remember talking to your dad about it at the time, saying, you know, gee, what are you going to be? She going to go into the industry. What is she going to do? And who knows? But, and, you know, again, here you are. So um, it, you know, it was really nice to be able to see and, and watch people progress through the industry, really from, you know, coming in without knowing very much about it, you know, to putting themselves in a position like where you're at now, where you guys, in many instances, I assume, become kind of like the go-to people when folks need information about, hiring and employment in the industry.
2: Yeah. You know, and I think, um, Larry, I think actually one thing that you you shared with me is uh, you saw our salary guide referenced throughout some applications in Illinois. And so we do put a lot of content out around jobs. And so we, every year we come out with the bank salary guide where we survey about 3000 licensed cannabis businesses, like the top 10 most hired positions and and to, to be able to come up with the data around how much you should be paying a bud tender and how much you should be paying a director of cultivation and what the benefits look like and then kind of tracking year over year how, those, how the pay changes. So in that regard, I, I think that we have the chance to define the best practices in this industry and people look to us when they're coming up with their hiring plan and thinking through, okay, what are we're going to hire? 10 bud tenders, what will we need to pay them? And I'm glad that we can like be able to bring our clients together and our clients are willing to share that information so that we can share it with companies that are just getting started.
0: And Carson, what are the hot States right now where there's a lot of activity?
2: Yeah. So for us, like our, our most active States right now today are Colorado and California. And those actually have been pretty much our most active States, since launching, but some new states that we're really excited about where we're picking up a lot of steam is in Michigan. So that's one, and actually Oklahoma. So Michigan and Oklahoma were two that kind of surprised me around like the number of jobs that are being created. So those are hot. Obviously, like with COVID, um, I think a lot of I think the whole world is on a hiring freeze, and I, while cannabis is an essential service, a lot of places I certainly don't think cannabis is immune to it. So hiring, we've seen full time hiring at least materially slow down as the pandemic continues to go on. But before uh, the pandemic hit, like I was saying, Michigan and and Oklahoma were two states that were growing quickly and jobs were being created quickly that were were brand new.
0: I agree. We have a lot of activity.
1: Illinois, too.
2: Yep, yep, Illinois as well.
1: Yeah, well, I was just going to say what's going on in Illinois. We're, uh, in fact, really... uh, Within about ten days from now, we're supposed to get the announcements <clears throat> from the state as to who gets the seventy-five new adult-use dispensary licenses. And I imagine once those people find out who they are, the very first thing they're going to really need to do is start figuring out how they're staffing those stores.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'm, 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 I was thinking about that the other day. I'm optimistic that it will. The the, the licenses will still come out uh, despite all the other things going on. So so it'll
1: be interesting to see. Exactly. I get a lot of calls about that. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say for sure. As far as the dispensary licenses go, you know, they were all submitted at the very beginning of January. So my hope is that there was enough time, uh, at least before the initial uh, COVID viruses warnings came out, that they were able to get some of that done. Uh, the, The one thing we don't know, which I think will ultimately play a big role in this, is that... Uh, were the people who were scoring the applications given access to the application information remotely. Um, I remember in the medical round, that was a big thing that it all had to be done at the particular department's facility and that everything was kept in there. So there could be no chance of people you know, pulling any shenanigans or anything. Um, so we'll see if they were able to get it done, but that is a big talking point and you're right. That'll be, I think, very indicative of what's happening in the market what illinois can do right now
0: i believe there will be 40 craft licenses for craft cultivators in illinois
1: 40, 40 uh, uh uh craft grows and there will be 40 producer licenses and uh transportation licenses and there is no specific number limit on transportation licenses uh, we think that that's going to turn out to be more of a if you meet the qualifications you can become uh, the transportation business, but the the, the costs of getting in and having access to the types of vehicles that you need uh, make it just prohibitive for most people. I think at this point to try and just dive in and do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been working on some craft uh, business plans for Illinois. And uh, I was surprised that uh, they're fairly good size. I was working on one that was around 15,000 square feet were projecting s- sales between Five and 10 million. So I wouldn't let that craft moniker throw you off. It can still be a very good small business.
1: Well, I think it's going to be huge in Illinois, Jim. We, you know, the, the thing to keep in mind, and, and this is true for you too, Carson, through the beginning of up to the beginning of April, the Illinois Adult Use Program had a $100 million in sales. Now, this is considering that there's only maybe a total of 50 active dispensaries in the entire state and the product supply levels are so sketchy that half the time these places are only open for a few hours during the day because then they've run out of product. But the demand here is so great that they can't keep up with it. And I think that that's going to really drive these new dispensaries and the new cultivation centers. And sure, you know, even at 5,000 square feet of canopy space to start, if you can develop a good genetics, you can make a name for yourself and and grow in no time um it, which leads me to uh, do you guys work with uh with growers also Carson do you have uh, uh connections with with growers
2: yeah so like cultivation companies are some of our biggest clients, especially on the on demand side so because it's so seasonal and companies have harvests, they'll need ten trimmers or for or you know 10 just horticulture staff for a short-term period and they use bank's gigs our on-demand platform pretty heavily and so trimming is is one of the most common jobs that we fill on the on-demand on the on-demand side
0: you match up temporary workers as well as full-time
2: yeah so that's what bank's gigs are is it's all temporary and so a company can make a profile they, after they make their profile, they get screened by us. We verify their badge if they're in a state that requires a badge, like Colorado or Nevada. After we screen them, they're allowed into the marketplace, which is an online platform. And then they can see, oh, look, there's a trimming gig. They can apply to the gig. The customer can review the candidate. If the customer accepts the candidate, then the candidate goes to the location. They clock in through the platform. And they clock out and they're paid. So it's uh it's temporary staffing, but we are doing all the connections through a through a technology rather than through like manual people making the connections.
1: Well, and to me, what I really like about that is that if you find yourself as a cultivator and all of a sudden, like you say, seasonally or whenever your harvest is ready to go, if you're doing it inside, all of a sudden you need trimmers. I'm sure if if you put out word on the street, there's plenty of people who would come in and say they trim for you. The real trick is finding people who actually know how to trim marijuana, I'm guessing. And and that's where the value of your service comes in. You're going to say to people, look, I'm not just giving you somebody. We've checked these people out. They know what they're doing.
2: Yeah, exactly, Larry. And the compliance side is really big for us as well. So in Colorado, you have to have a med badge. You have to go to the marijuana enforcement division and get the badge to be able to work in a licensed facility. And so when someone makes a profile, they take a picture of their badge. We verify the badge with the marijuana enforcement division. So at a minimum, our customers know that everybody that we're sending to them has the right state qualifications to work the job. Um, In Nevada, it's even stricter. And so there's certain licenses you need for, and they call them in Nevada agent cards. And so there's certain agent cards that you need on the cultivation side, which are different than the retail side, which are different than the manufacturing side. And so, we make sure that the candidates have the right agent card in Nevada to, to go into the facility. So I think that that's a huge piece of it. That's um, something that we offer that I guess a traditional non-cannabis specific, um, hiring resource may not offer.
0: Right. And I would imagine that uh, many of your temps go on to become full-time employees. Does that transition happen often?
2: Yeah. And, And so we definitely encourage that. Um, I think, you know, ultimately our goal is to have cannabis run on banksters. And so for every single person in the cannabis space to have found their job through banks, then a lot of times temporary employees are doing, a, are doing it to find a full-time job. And so um, we, there's a way that our customers can seamlessly convert the candidates from our gig workers to their um, full-time workers. And we, we do that quite a bit.
0: That's very exciting. How do you like having your own business? Do you have partners?
2: I have financial partners. And so for for two years, I did not raise any capital. And then in 2018, we raised a seed round. And then in 2019, we raised a series A. And so with that, brought on some um, venture capitalist funds, all institutional investors. And so yeah, so those are the partners that I have. Um, I don't have any, I don't have a co-founder. So, so it, it, it's just me, but I'm lucky to have some VCs now backing us as well.
0: Have you been t- <clears throat> taking advantage of any of the new federal programs for the COVID virus? The Payroll Protection Act is one I'm thinking of, and uh, the economic disaster loans.
2: Yeah. So unfortunately, the SBA was pretty clear around defining like marijuana businesses and marijuana related businesses and basically indicated that if you, if you, if any of your customers are, are, are marijuana businesses, you would be excluded. And so we went through the process of doing the diligence on it and ultimately decided not to apply because, um, we are 100% of our customers are, are marijuana businesses. And so (laughs) did not uh, think it was appropriate to apply for something that, you know, clearly spells out, uh, we we can't apply to, you know, and I read an article today saying that that it's already out. So, um, Unclear if we would have got it, but no, we didn't apply. But one thing that we are um, that I believe they can apply to is the payroll tax deferment, and so um, I, I think we're going to do that, which will be helpful.
0: Yes, <clears throat> I agree with all that you're saying. We've studied it quite a bit, and uh, basically have come to the same conclusion. But the payroll tax deferral is very important. It's six point two percent of wages, basically, that you can push off and not pay until twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. So that's a big break. And there's some other credits, um, you know, some are for less than 50 employees, some are for 50 to a hundred employees. So there are some things out there that even cannabis companies can take advantage of.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're, that's what we're focusing our attention on just the things that, um, we're eligible for, you know, I have friends who, uh, I guess not friends, but I have peers who have cannabis businesses and they applied for the loan and, and, um, you know, maybe some of them will get approved, but I would suspect particularly if there's a new administration, you know, if, the, if, if there's a world, um, where Warren is, um, secretary of the treasury, I think that they would look pretty closely into this. And we just, uh, did not want to take that type of a uh, chance. So that's why we didn't go for it.
1: Jim, let me ask you a question if I can really fast. Um, you know, and in, in guessing that hopefully there's a a few attorneys or, you know, accountants, some of our peers who are active in the cannabis industry out there, uh, would it be your understanding that somebody, let's say like myself, who uh, is an attorney and who primarily represents people in the cannabis industry, that that would be enough of a disqualifier for my business from being able to get a a small business loan or or for other attorneys who are involved in representing people in the industry?
0: Yeah, the answer I would have to that is maybe. Um, I do know some ancillary businesses that did get the the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, um, loan. So um, I do know some ancillary companies that got that. And uh, Carson, do you work in the hemp industry at all?
2: We do. Yeah, we have we have a, we have several um, CBD and and yeah clients.
0: Because we took the position that hemp companies would be eligible for these SBA programs, but a couple of our clients got turned down.
2: Um, Larry, I I read it um, as like plumbers or folks like that have a variety of clients but some of them may be cannabis would be okay uh that's that's so we had we we had an attorney we had um our firm write an opinion for us and that's you know they said if you guys were a you know were plumbers and you were uh servicing a handful of cannabis companies but also a handful of others you you would be okay so i don't know i I think that
1: that makes sense Carson, the other side of our show, of course, is uh, it's really prominent because it's first on the masthead. Uh, Deadheads uh, Jim and I, and that's one of the connections we made back at that uh, initial conference in Las Vegas a few years ago. Uh, and we love to talk about the Grateful Dead. We love to talk about fish, but what we really like to talk about is music. And so we always like to ask our guests uh, what a what music out there you know kind of inspires you and influences you and uh, what music are you listening to right now?
2: <laughs> well, I don't know if it inspires me, but I was joking. I said that, you know, I uh, uh, on my run earlier today, I was jamming to Justin Bieber's new album, Changes, and that was good. Um, I went to a pretty good concert earlier this year. The The artist's name is Griffin. Uh, I think that that was pretty good. Um, you know, most of the, I, I, I exercise quite a bit, so most of the time I'm listening to, Uh, pretty like upbeat fast paced music but those are two uh that i was have been listening to in the last week that i'll that i'll that i'll share
0: the b they call them the bead they love the new justin bieber album our our sons are 22 and 32 and they um and they also very much like griffith did i say that right
2: griffin G R. I think it's G R Y N. how do you spell let me look it's uh g-r-y-f-f-i-n
0: okay and are you a um
2: he's like a dj kind of
0: and a bill are you a billy english is that how I her name green hair eilish
2: yeah i mean it's not like my favorite of all time but yeah
0: she won
1: a lot of awards
0: no it's great that there's a lot of young new music coming out um larry and i have had um pretty much nothing but disappointments the last few weeks. Uh, we, I just got word that the university of Colorado will not be hosting Dead and company in July. And the city of new Orleans has uh, canceled jazz fest, which was postponed till September. Now it's not going to happen at all.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I know I was talking to a, an investor just before I got on with you guys and just kind of talking about, you know, when we think the world will be back to normal. And I mean, doesn't seem like normal 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 until some point in 2021 so now it's figuring out how do we best adapt and really how do we best support our clients between now and and then
1: i think that's the right attitude to have
0: fortunate that uh so far cannabis has been deemed an essential service in most states so our clients still have sales so we're very fortunate to be in an industry that still has
1: sales absolutely and and one of the things we've talked about is not just sales, but, you know, the steps that some of these uh, states are willing to go to in order to allow it. And and I I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but it just amazes me every time I go. I was just at my dispensary the other day and they have curbside service. You know, you order on your computer before you go in, they give you a time. You pull up, somebody comes running out, check your ID and your uh, state patient's card to make sure that you're, you're all legit uh, you give them your money. They run back inside. A few minutes later, they come out and they hand you your stuff. And off you go. And you know, Jim. Sorry, don't take this the wrong way, but you're old enough. Certainly, you know, so am I. We've been in this industry long enough to know that you know the, the advice we've always given our clients over the years, of course, because the states and everyone have insisted on it. Everything has to be done indoors, and everything has to be done under the cameras, and everything has to be done. You know, nothing can take place anywhere outside and all of a sudden, we have a virus that's a real concern, and marijuana is enough of an essential element that the governor is willing to go that far and let us do it.
0: I think that's about all I have for this one. Um, Larry, you got anything else?
1: Carson, let me ask you this. Um, I'm a college graduate. I'm looking for a job. How do I get a hold of Vangst and let them know I'm interested?
2: Yeah, go to Vangst.com and click sign up. And you'll take three steps to fill out your profile. And uh, then someone will call you and we'll do an interview with you, and then you'll be in and you'll be able to apply to jobs.
1: Same if I'm an employer, does it also work that way too?
2: And if you're an employer, same thing. You, you can actually just, um, if you have an open job, if you have a job description, what you can do is you can go to the employer page on our website, upload your job description, and that'll result in someone on our customer success team calling you and then um, getting you set up with a profile so that you can uh, learn how to use it and start matching with candidates so you, you really just go to bankscom and uh, we can get you set up whether you're a candidate or a client
0: and that's banks with a V
1: V is in Victor
2: V is in Victor yeah banks.com
1: excellent okay well this has been great Carson thank you so much for uh, taking time to come on our show and uh, and speak with us we're 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 very pleased uh, that, you know, your dad helped us uh, get this up and running. and really was kind of the brains behind the whole operation. Uh, Jim and I have the easy part because we get to sit around and do what we love to do anyway, um, you know, and try and make this go. But our our show is always better when we have interesting guests on. And, um, you know, certainly you fall into that category with everything you've accomplished in this industry so far. And uh, good luck. And we hope you'll come back and join us again sometime.
2: Yeah, guys, thank you so much for thinking of me and, stay safe and healthy in the coming weeks and looking forward to hopefully seeing everybody soon.
0: Excellent. This is Jim Marty saying goodbye from cold and snowy Longmont, Colorado for the Deadhead Cannabis Show. Over and out. Bye, Larry.
1: Bye, Jim. Talk to you soon. Thank you.